0: Welcome to the Intuitive Rising podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks. Up until about five years ago, I was your average mom of three. It was after the sudden loss of my father that my life changed forever and the rising within me began. Since then, I've embraced my gifts and have stepped into my role as an evidential psychic medium, past life reader, higher self mentor, holy fire Reiki practitioner, and published author. In this podcast, we will talk all things spiritual and healing through a very grounded and relatable approach. I hope you'll continue to join me each week, remembering who you always were as we rise together. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I am your host, Amy Brooks, and I am so excited to be here with you again On this beautiful day wherever you are in the world I hope that you are enjoying yourself I hope that your July is going well so far I am just coming off of a client session high vibe in that spirit energy and wanted to come on and talk about the big three so what is the big three well the big three is your Sun your moon and your rising sign in your astrological birth chart I've always been interested in astrology going back to childhood my maternal grandmother who I have talked about many 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 times and who has just recently transitioned to spirit in the last uh, couple weeks I think five weeks at this point um, she always had you know a book about her astrological sign or different astrological books um, in her bookcase she'd always you know point out my horoscope in the paper. Um, And so my love of astrology, I feel, really stems from her. Um, I've always been super interested in it, but it hasn't been until the last few years that I have begun to delve a little bit deeper into the study of astrology. So I have been self-studying astrology for about three years now. The reason I kind of revisited it or chose to go in, like look into it again was because it kept showing up in readings for me, similarly to human design. So I would just, um, you know, be channeling something for somebody and something about, you know, one of their planets or one of the houses or what their specific moon sign was. I just have a feeling about it. And so I decided to dig into that like why is this showing up for me there must be something here so for me personally i feel as if my life has been enriched since i began to learn more about astrology specifically my own astrological birth chart and that of my children um, and my spouse i really kind of dug deep and looked at the commonalities which by the way by the way there are quite a few commonalities um And yeah, it just has enriched my life. It's fun. It's interesting. It can be one of those topics that feel very overwhelming to someone. You know, I have talked on here before about how tarot and the study of tarot has overwhelmed me in the past to the point where I was afraid to read tarot, especially for clients, because I was kind of overwhelmed by the depth of information and how much you have to learn about tarot in order to be, you know, a, like a, an adept tarot reader, tarot reader. But what I've learned is that you learn as you go, right? You don't have to know it all in one day. And certainly with a topic like astrology, you will not learn it all in one day. You will be learning for the rest of your life, <laughs> which is fun. That makes it even more fun for me. So today we're going to be talking about what's called the big three. So it's just three of your signs in your astrological birth chart. Now, if you're somebody like me, you know you may wanna to continue to explore and learn, uh, and I would encourage that as I feel like this is very valuable information. But the average person I feel like if you brought up astrology, they would think about the newspaper horoscope, right? Or if somebody said, hey, what's your sign? You'd be thinking about your sun sign, right? But that's only one small aspect of the bigger picture. So today we're going to talk about what your big three is and a little bit about the houses. So if you uh, were to go online, by the way, I will in the show notes include a website that I use um, to put uh, information in birth chart information and in, to generate a birth chart. OK, so I'll do that in the show notes. Um, in order to have your astrological birth chart be as accurate as possible, you do need your birth time or a very close estimate. Now, if you really don't know what your birth time is, what I've been told before is to put 12 noon in um, in there. But, you know, as long as you have like a general sense, it should be as close to accurate as possible. Um, Now, your sun sign, which is the one that most of us are familiar with, like if somebody said, what's your sign? I would say I'm a Capricorn. And that's because I was born between, you know, mid to late December and mid to late January. I was born in that time period when the sun was in the sign of Capricorn and is every single year. So the reason that, you know, like horoscopes and general astrology knowledge just really talks about that one aspect Um, of our whole chart is because it's the most, it's the one that you can generalize the most because it fits more people, right? Like it fits the whole month. Um, You know, if you're born in that time period that I just described, you're going to be a Capricorn sun. So there's more people that will relate to that information than say your moon sign. So your sun stays in the sign for the whole month, Your moon stays in the sign for two to two and a half days, which is less, less general and much more specific. And then your rising sign is the one that's really dependent on your birth time and requires an as accurate as possible birth time. As your rising sign changes every two and two hours on average. So for me, up until recently, I didn't know my exact birth time, but I have studied my chart, um, and that was because. I had a time um, that was correct within about, I thought, like a half an hour. So my mother had said, I know it was around 9.30 p.m. It wasn't 9, it wasn't 10, so it was like in that hour really close to 9.30, but I don't know the exact time. So for the last couple years, I've been putting my birth time in as 9.30 p.m. And just recently after my grandmother has passed, um, you know, my mom had gone through some of her things and taken some things out for me that I would, she thought I would like to have. And one of those things was one of those like newborn hospital pictures of myself. And it's in one of those little cards that they used to come in. And my grandfather had had written the information out and My exact birth time was in there and it's 925 PM. So I was five minutes off. Did this change anything in my chart? No, everything remained the same. So as long as you are like pretty close, you should be okay. Um, So let's start with your sun sign. Okay, your sun, like I said, is that thing that you would know as your astrological sign, but it's just one aspect of you. And it is, it really represents, here's some keywords that I'm taking. off my slide here. Leadership, your ego, your willpower, creativity, vitality, spirit, purpose, identity. So if you're anything like me you may not relate to your sun sign or in the past you may not have related to your sun sign. For most of my life I did not relate to being a Capricorn. If somebody asked me what my sign was and I said Capricorn, I'd always follow up by saying, but I don't really feel like a Capricorn, which I thought, how could that be possible? Because, you know, spirit doesn't get it wrong. Like you're born at the right time, right? But I, I always wondered that, like why don't I really feel like a Capricorn? Now my spouse is a Capricorn son as well. And he is very much a Capricorn sun. Like he would resonate with that. He would say, yes, that makes sense for me. All those keywords make sense for me. But for me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really see that in myself. Now something I've learned about your sun sign is it is something that your particular soul was wanting to Explore and grow more into that direction. So you might be born a Leo son and right from the get-go You're like, yeah, I'm totally a Leo all those keywords and characteristics and attributes of a Leo make sense for me But you also may not you may be someone who kind of grows into that or like as your life Goes along you become more aware of the need to embrace that side of you a little bit more. So I feel like your sun sign can at times kind of make more sense as you're growing older and as you're evolving into the person that you are meant to become. So the attributes of your sun sign can represent what your soul is really wanting to um, grow towards. Now this is also closely related but not identical to your north node sign which is a whole other episode. But just think of your sun that way okay uh next we're going to move into your moon sign so like i said you the moon stays in a specific sign for two to two and a half days so as long as you know your birthday even if you're not sure of the birth time your moon is going to be accurate for you now the moon represents responses habit patterns feelings receptivity sensitivity and nurturing the moon really represents your inner world so for me learning that i was i am a libra a libra moon made total sense for me. I'm like, okay, there you go. That's me. There I am. So that Libra moon that like, I need balance and harmony and peace and love. And you know, I love beautiful things. I love nice things. I like to leave things better than I left them. Like I can be a bit indecisive. You know, there's a need for balance. I'm very communicative. Libra is air sign all about communication. That made sense for me. So learning my moon sign was the big like, Oh, there I am, there I am. And you may feel the same when you figure out your moon sign. So, you know, it really represents our our internal world, how we feel about things, how we feel about other people, how we feel about ourselves, how we interpret things. Um people have also I've also heard many, many times that you can connect your your moon sign to the experience maybe that you had growing up with your mother. I've heard other astrologers say like, how their, your mother's birth and pregnancy was with you is kind of like what your moon sign is. I'm not an expert, so I don't know all about that, but food for thought. The interesting thing about this is like, as I've been learning more about my own big three and I have delved into my spouses as well as my children's, I'm seeing a lot of commonalities. So for instance, we just talked about relationship to mother, to maternal relationship, maybe how we feel ourselves. If, if we are mothers ourselves, how we feel maternally um, could also be connected to our moon sign. Um, but like for instance, my two sons, so I have three children, a daughter and two sons. My sons both have Libra moons. So they are the same as me. I'm a Libra moon. They have a Libra moon too. So I thought that was really, really interesting. My daughter is a Pisces moon. So, you know, if you connect that as well to her her inner world, but also maybe her um, experience of me as a mother, I think that that tracks as well, right? Like I, I definitely would, um, you know, flow into those uh, Pisces like attributes and characteristics as well. So I think that's really, really interesting, how you can begin to see those patterns emerge throughout your family. And I will continue when I talk about the rising sign, because that's also something, my rising sign is also something that I've seen in my children, but also in my parents. So let's talk about your rising. Now, your rising sign is the one that's a little bit more dependent on an accurate birth time, as accurate as possible. The rising sign reveals your perception of reality, Although it is often often referred to as the mask you wear in public, the rising sign is much more personal than your external front-facing persona. So your front-facing persona might be like your Capricorn sun, your Leo sun. Your rising sign is also called an ascendant, by the way. So you might see that written down as ascendant in some places and rising in the other. All means the same thing. I'm also, where I'm getting this information about the rising sign, I will link in the show notes. Your rising sign represents the microisms of your entire life experience, including the themes, cycles, patterns that will show up in your life over and over and over again. It functions as the instrument manual, or sorry, not instrument, although I don't know why I said that. Let's just hold on to that in case it means something later. It functions as the instruction manual for your reality, thus informing not just the way others see you, but also the way that you perceive others. What's more, your rising sign also establishes your chart ruler, basically the planet that calls the shots of your entire life. So let's stop there for a moment. Your rising sign is, you know, kind of that, um, the way that other people perceive you. And as this um, article says, kind of like the, it would, the sign also represents the microism of your entire life experience, find that really interesting for me because my rising sign is a Virgo. I've got a lot of earth in my chart. I have an earth trine actually, which means that I have earth in um, three or more um, houses. Okay. So Virgo rising. Okay. My youngest son who has a Libra moon like me is also a Virgo rising my other sign who son who also has a libra moon is a virgo sign okay so like the reverse and my parents were my dad was a virgo sign my mom is a virgo sun so i find that interesting as well my north node which um i'll give a brief kind of synopsis but i do think it deserves a whole episode to talk about your north and south node my north Node is my north node rather is in the sign of virgo so that is, you know, the path that's my North Star, that's the path that I meant to um, evolve and grow the most in is in the sign of Virgo. It's also my rising sign. So the themes and the cycles of my life, right? And the chart ruler. So I'm going to briefly talk about the houses in your sign. So a lot of people will generalize things, you know, like, oh, I'm a Capricorn sun, but like that's so general, like that could fit anybody. The thing that you have to know about astrology is that it's much more um it's much more in-depth than that. Okay, like your Capricorn sun or your Leo sun is going to be in a certain house. Okay, so you think about your astrology chart as a pie. Okay, it's a pie chart cut into twelve pieces of pie. Okay, one through twelve. Dependent on where that sun or moon or any of the other planets sit in? Like which house do they sit in? Because that changes how you experience that Capricorn sun energy or that Neo sun energy. So it's not one size fits all. It gets very specific. And then if you like start looking at all the other different um, planets, you know, this is, it gets very, very, very specific. So it's, astrology is not a generalized thing. Your horoscope might be a generalized thing, or might seem like it, but it's it's only done so that way so that it does make sense for more people than it would if they were like, hey, Capricorn suns with a um, in the fifth house. Like, think about how much <laughs> work that would be, right? So, there's twelve pieces of pie in this house. Okay, your rising sign that we just talked about is always going to be in the first house. So, if you picture a clock. The 9 p.m., or the 9 a.m., it doesn't matter, the 9 o'clock, that is where your first house begins. So most charts are labeled. You'll see a 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way around to 12, okay? But house 1 is always your rising sign, so it's always going to be your rising sign, and then you can, you can count forward. So, like, if I have Virgo in the first house, What comes after Virgo is Libra. So Libra is going to be in the second house. Scorpio is going to be in the third. Sagittarius is going to be in the fourth. Um, So that's how you can figure that out if your chart is not labeled that way. Okay, so the first house, which is where your rising sign always is, no exceptions, represents self-appearances, beginnings, the body, first impressions, attitude, identity, approach to life. So the first house is your house of self. So it represents that that would be where your rising sign is. Okay. And the more planets that you have in the first house, the more important it is for this incarnation to be really focused on learning about self, right? So, you know, this might be you learning to speak your mind in this lifetime, you learning to uh, go down the self-discovery path or discover what your triggers are or, you know, what you're really good at. It's just really a lifetime in which your soul has chosen to be born at this specific time, right? Because the rising sign. changes every two to two and a half hours. So you would have specifically chosen your birth time so that your rising sign falls into the house um, and the sign that it does or not the house because it's always the first house, but for that specific sign. If I was born a few hours later or a few hours earlier, I would have had a completely different rising sign. So that's really, really specific. Okay. Um, so let's continue really quickly. So the rising sign also establishes your chart ruler, which is I had said. So mine is in the first house. Um, and the rising sign me in Virgo. There's um, a planet that is there is a planet that is connected to that. So let's look under here. me being a Virgo. Rising means that my chart ruler is Mercury. So I'm just gonna read this about myself. So it says Virgo risings experience reality through systems, structure, and productivity. Virgo and Earth sign is inspired by all that is practical, grounded, and rooted in reality. Likewise, Virgo ascendants enjoy cultivating routines and habits that improve their day to day experience. With Mercury, the planet of communication and expression, hello, as the chart ruler for Virgo risings, this placement is always collecting, processing, and sharing information. Dialogue is very important for this placement. So Virgo risings deeply value relationships that enable easy and open conversation. Although Virgo ascendants often are often prone to perfectionism, the best antidote to this critical, this critical, I can't pronounce it, says criticality, is developing strong compassion for self and others. Makes total sense. So you, so dependent on your, um what sign is in your first house, that's going to be your chart ruler. So this article that I'm referring, and I just read that from, I will put in the show notes so that when you figure out what your rising slash ascendant sign is, you can read it and find out what the chart ruler is, and you can you can kind of delve into that and see if that makes sense for you. So the, this entire planet, so for me, it was Mercury, is instrumental in shaping your lived experience, your lo- your long-term life trajectory, and how you relate to the world around you. Discovering your chart ruler is a powerful and op- eye-opening experience, and it gives you powerful insight into the narrative that defines your reality. Likewise, understanding your ascendant is key to understanding your truth. It sets the tone of your life and illuminates your reality. So, Yeah, I would love to hear what your rising sign is, if you relate to that, if that has been like a challenge for you. The interesting thing is, why I I say that is because for me, the sign of Virgo, I mean, I'm around Virgos. My parents were Virgos. We had a Virgo son, son as well, you know, Virgo rising um, child, and then me with the Virgo rising. Um, All that Virgo represents, there's a lot of Virgo that I that I resonate with, you know, Virgo is the healer and is of service and, you know, all of that kind of stuff connected to health and all of that body. But the parts of Virgo that I struggle with are about like all those things that were just listed, the the routine and the structure and all that stuff. Like I know inside that I need that. I deeply desire that, but I struggle with implementing that myself. So I'm surrounded by these virgos, right, in my life that really bring forward that that model that for me and that I need, right? So that does shape my life experiences and then my north node is in Virgo and that's the path and you know what I'm here to develop and grow more like. I'm meant to lean on those attributes. And our north node can can often feel a bit foreign because it's a new it's a new thing for us. It's a new skill set. It's something that we are learning to master that we haven't before. So it makes sense that that could be challenging for us. And in my case, that Virgo can, those attributes can be challenging for me. And then to also have that as my rising sign, well, that's a little bit of a double whammy. (laughs) Um, I I love that though. So I'm going to quickly talk about uh, the the houses and that's where I will leave you for today, as I don't want to overwhelm you with too much information. Astrology can feel that way as, at times, um, but I will tell you that I love to use astrology to look at patterns. Right, so I don't look at astro- astrology or my astrological birth chart or you know what's in transit and all of that kind of stuff, as a way to predict things, I look at it from an evolutionary standpoint. So I like to look at an astrological birth chart to show me where I've been, you know, what I've mastered before, what I'm trying to master in this time, like where I've been and where I'm going. So that's how I look at all this what what have i already mastered where am i coming from what's easy for me what like what has sometimes what's easy for you can be the thing that makes you feel stuck right it can be the thing that um you self sabotage yourself with so for instance i just talked about my north node being in virgo well my south node is in pisces okay so your south node is like where you've been, what you've mastered and what comes very easily to you, but also can be the place that you self-sabotage yourself. So for instance, Pisces, intuitive, dreamy, inner self, contemplation, reflection, right? Diving into the underworld, understanding all of that stuff, being kind of fluid in my spirituality and understanding, um, you know, spiritual kind of concepts from a young age, Makes sense for a south uh, south node in Pisces. So I have already learned how to do that stuff in other lifetimes. You know, I've learned how to go in, listen to my inner voice, contemplate, reflect, connect to my intuition, connect to my angels, my guides, all of this stuff, I've learned it. So in this lifetime, it can feel quite natural to me. And it does, and it has. But that can be the place where I self-sabotage. And let me clarify what I mean by that. So if I am um, used to go always going within, kind of being in this dreamy contemplative place, I might struggle with taking action. I might be like, let me just sit here and contemplate this and maybe I'm gonna isolate myself, which by the way I do. When uh, the proverbial shit hits the fan, I tend to isolate myself. That's my natural inclination is to get quiet, to get still, I will maybe stop messaging my friends for a little bit, maybe like don't wanna do as much in terms of like social plans, I just kinda wanna go inwards, right? Um, I now know through learning about my astrological birth chart, that yeah, that's natural to me and that can serve me sometimes, but I have to be very careful about potentially isolating myself because in this lifetime, what I meant to do is take all that good, juicy Pisces energy that I've mastered in previous lifetimes and apply it through the lens of Virgo. So how do I do that? Well, what I've learned to do is that um, I can take a moment of pause and I can take some time to contemplate, but that my best course of action is rather than to sit and try to find all the answers in all the time, I need to take action with it. So I don't, I'll don't. have like an intuitive nudge or I'll feel a certain way and I will share it or I will do something with it. So when I'm feeling like especially kind of stuck maybe or maybe I'm feeling kind of like low mood or the energy is tense and it feels heavy and I just feel emotionally like I want to cry and I don't know what's up but something's going on. I used to get really quiet and isolate myself, and then it would take a while for me to move out of that energy, but now what I tend to do is I give myself a little time, maybe a day or two, sometimes less, to stay in that energy, right, and then I do something with it, so I'll go on social media, and I'll be like, hey, guys, anybody else feeling this way? I've been feeling like this, and blah, 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 and as I talk and as I share and connect to my community, I process That information and the best course of action becomes clear to me. So that's me utilizing that Pisces intuitive skill set and doing something with it, being of service in the Virgo North way, North Node way that I need to. So this is why I feel like it's important for you guys to get to know this information about you. Start small. What's your Sun? What's your Moon? What's your rising? And As a next step, I think the most important piece after that, at least in my opinion, is like North and South Node. If you just figure that stuff out, you're in a way more um, kind of like a state of awareness than you would have been beforehand. And if you are introspective and reflective like me, and you probably are if you're listening, this can take you a long way. So I'm gonna end with the houses. So when you get your chart and you're like, okay, I'm a Leo Sun. And it's in the sixth house. What does this mean? You're going to start. Your rising sign is always going to start at the nine o'clock. That's house one. And you're going, whatever your rising sign is, if it's Virgo, then your house two is going to be Libra. So you can draw this out if you want. Count all the way to 12. Now you know your 12 houses and what is sitting in it. Not every house is going to have a planet in it doesn't mean that you don't experience that energy. It just means it's not really something that is gonna come up that often for you, right? Like the places where you have planets, especially if you have quite a few planets in one space, just show you a place that you're here to grow and evolve from. It shows you a cycle or a theme. But don't get worried if you don't have planets in certain houses, I do not. most of my chart is like bottom heavy. So I have a lot going on from like 12 to six, and then not much at all happening in 7, 8, 9, and 10, 11. Okay, so that's normal too. And actually I think in this app, this uh, thing I was reading, it did talk about that. I'm gonna see, maybe it didn't. Um, I thought that I had an article up here. Oh, I do. Okay, so just before we talk more about the houses um, in detail, house one to six, so the nine o'clock, To the three o'clock are the personal houses so this is where i said that i am like much more heavy in my planets everything's really going on down here in the personal planets the first six zodiac houses are called the personal houses they rule our private and immediate lives individuality our daily environments our siblings and our peers parents our attempt to define and express who we are a person whose chart has lots of planets in the first six houses may have trouble leaving the nest or remain nostalgic, nostalgically loyal to childhood friends. Yeah, I I think that definitely has shown up in my life. You know, um, I have a hard time letting go of people and places and things. I'm definitely leaning on the sentimental side. Um, I have also noticed in that my in my lifetime that I have become I must look at some things through you know rose-colored glasses. So especially when it comes to childhood or, you know, certain friends that I had throughout the years or certain relationships, uh, you know, romantic relationships that I've had for the years, I have a tendency to hold on too long and to look at things through rose-colored glasses. So that makes perfect sense. You guys also know that like one of my major life journeys thus far is, you know, being transplanted from my home province where all my identity was wrapped up, being transplanted to a new place, which is where I am now. And I've been here for 10 years and how that was so, 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 so hard for me. But also now that I'm in this place, I can look back in hindsight and see how I needed that because I needed to find home within myself and to know that home is not just tied into the nest, so to speak, or where I come from. So houses seven to 12 are the interpersonal houses. The seventh through the 12th govern relationships, joint ventures, travel, career, society, spirituality, and even our transition at the end of life. Some of the lot of planets in the latter houses, so in seven to 12, might be very career focused Perhaps leaving the past behind and growing closer to friends made in adulthood. So it seems like more future focused and sometimes one to six can be looking back. So like the where we come from versus where are we going. So I find that very interesting as well. Um, Let's talk about what each house represents and then I will leave you to it so you can go get busy and look up your charts. So the first house begins the zodiac, as I said, the nine o'clock. It covers all of the first first impressions, the self and appearance, leadership, new initiatives, fresh start, the beginning, the sign on the cusp or starting edge of this house is referred to as your rising sign, so we talked about that second house. By the way, this article that, I'm, that I'll am list in the show notes where I'm reading that information also says read more about the first house, and it has for each of the houses. So if you want to dive deeper and you want to read more about those, you can. The second house covers all matters related to your immediate material and physical environment, taste, scent, sound, touch, sight. The second house also rules income, money, and self-esteem. So my moon in Libra is in the second house. Okay. So like my, my subconscious, my sense of security, my, you know, emotions, all of that, you connect that, right? What, what your moon stands for. Combine that with the sign it's in. Okay. So like your moon represents this, Libra represents this, and then read about your the house it's in and that gives you a snapshot of 360 really of your experiences. So learning for me that my moon was in the second house in Libra explained a lot of my life. So for me, you know, um, the, in my inner world being very sense sensitive, you know, like what I mean by senses, like the, the your senses, right? Like having heightened senses, right? Inner and outer, the clear senses and you know the the physical senses, all of those things, and like ha- needing that to be balanced, and sometimes not finding balance, but like really working on that, and also Libra being you know literally the sign of the scales, um, needing kind of like <sighs> needing I like. I'll just be honest here like this represent this can represent income and money and your status and things like that right and for the longest time I'm definitely moving out and detaching from this more so but I would find that I would feel more secure certainly in myself if I had certain things or if I did certain things or if people perceived me in a certain way or you know I can sleep soundly at night if I know there's a certain amount of money in the bank account those kind of things are here that I'm I'm learning How to you really lean into my sense of self and evolve and grow out of needing those things, okay? But they also are the things that are going to make me feel safe, right? But might not provide the most growth in this lifetime. Third house governs all forms of communication, talking, thinking, gadgets, and mobile devices. Third house also covers siblings, neighborhoods, local travel, library, schools, teachers, community. The fourth house sits at the very bottom of the zodiac wheel and thus rules the foundation of all things. This includes your home, privacy, your basic security, your parents, children, your mothering abilities, um, nurturing, and TLC. Your fifth house is ruled by the dramatic Leo, and it governs—not my words—I don't think Leos are always dramatic—and it governs self-expression, drama, creativity, color, attention, romance, fun, and play. So my Capricorn Sun, which you know can be a serious sign, a lot of people will perceive it as being kind of serious. Um, is in the fifth house, which is ruled by Leo. So I had an astrology reading done years ago and the person's like, okay, so the fact that you've got your, Cap- your Capricorn son in the fifth house, the house of Leo, would show me that you probably are coming from a past life where it was very difficult, where You know, you suffered a lot where you would have experienced a lot of trauma and you it it was a hard, hard, hard existence. So you choosing this lifetime to have your son in the house of creativity and fun and play um, would be to say that you you need that respite. So in this lifetime, follow your joy, have fun right? Like do the thing, express yourself. Um, So I thought that was a really cool thing to learn. The sixth house is the domain of health and service. It rules schedules, organization, routine, fitness, diet, exercise, natural and healthy living, healthfulness, and being in service of others. The seventh house is the sector of relationships and other people. It governs all partnerships, both business and personal relationship associated matters like contracts, marriage, and business deals. The eighth house is a mysterious sector that rules birth, dex, death, sex, transformation, myster- mysteries, merged energy, bonding at the deepest level. The eighth house also rules other people's property and money. Uh, for example, real estate, inheritance, inheritances. How do you say that word? Inheritances? Oh. Investments. Need some water, my goodness. The ninth house covers the higher mind, expansion, international and long distance travel. Foreign languages, inspiration, optimism, publishing, broadcasting, universities, higher education, lack of risk, adventure, gambling, religion, philosophy, morals, and ethics. Wow. A whole bunch in the ninth house. The 10th house is at the very top and the most public part of the chart. So I want to start off briefly by telling you one more thing, your midheaven. Okay. So there is a thing called your midheaven, and that's going to be whatever Uh, sign is in your 10th house okay so if you think about one is the nine o'clock so we're going all the way up here um, to the 12 what is in that house because that's your midheaven and the midheaven is very closely connected to your work or um, you know your gifts when it comes to Um, what you could do for work, what you're especially gifted in, where you may find fulfillment and success in terms of work. For me, my 10th house is in Gemini, which is all about communication and the sign of air. So, uh, you know, when I found out that my midheaven was in Gemini, that made a lot of sense. So like finding success in matters of like um, communication, speaking, writing, right? Like anything like that is where I'm going to find success according to my midheaven. So what's in your 10th house Um, The 10th house governs structures, routines, corporations, tradition, public image, fame, honors, achievements, awards, on and on and on and on. The cusp or border of the 10th house is also called the midheaven and it clues astrologers into your career path. As I just mentioned, we're getting there. Now we're in the 11th house. Um... Oh, I did only. Oh, there we go. The eleventh house rules teams, friendships, groups, society, technology, video, electronic media, networking, social justice, humanitarian causes. It also rules originality, eccentricity, sudden events, surprises, inventions, uh, all things futuristic. The twelfth house is the final house which rules endings this house covers the final stages of a project tying up loose ends completions the afterlife old age and surrender it also is associated with separation from society institutions hospitals jails hidden agendas secret enemies and it rules the imagination creative creativity arts film dance poetry journals and the subconscious mind my north node that i talked about which is like really like like two true, nor- true north What I am really here to um, focus on and move towards and evolve is in the 12th house. So isn't that interesting? Um, You know, the 12th house really governs all that like mystical, mythical, um, subconscious stuff. So the fact that I'm following my North Node by taking action and initiative and doing something with all that south node Pisces juicy goodness and I'm applying it to my Virgo north node in the 12th house, it really makes sense what I'm doing in this lifetime. Makes perfect sense, and I loved learning that um, when I dove into my astrological chart. So there you go, a brief synopsis of the big three as well as the houses. A little bit about the North and South Node. We could do a whole episode on that, a little bit about the Midheaven. I'm going to drop everything in the show notes, everything that you'll need, the articles that I referred to, as well as a place that you can do your own chart and find that information. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you feel a little bit more um confident to dive into your birth chart remember you don't have to get overwhelmed it is a lot of information but if you start small and you're just like i'm just gonna learn about my son in the fifth house today or i'm just gonna learn about what it means to have A moon in Virgo in the third house like start small a little bit at a time I promise you it will absolutely resonate make sense for you so maybe you're like me and you're like don't resonate to being a Capricorn Sun but finding out that you're a Capricorn Sun in the fifth house along with the other pieces make more sense on when you think about evolution like the soul's evolution and really what your soul is Um, wanting you to work on in this lifetime and you compare those things to the opportunities that come your way, right? If you think about a Capricorn, a Capricorn is learning to master something, right? Like it represents mastery. So for me, um, connecting that to what I'm doing in this life. It really wants me to follow through, lean on those Virgo attributes, right? Lean in on the Capricorn, get clear on what all this Libra stuff is about and get out of the shadowy aspects of it and start getting into the gifts of it. And weave all of that together and master and complete and go and be productive, not isolate, do the thing, initiate, take action. All things that show you know the the roller coaster the path of my life thus far so i think it's really really cool i'm excited for you guys to get into it as well have a great day and i will see you next time bye risers thank you for joining me for another episode of the intuitive rising podcast if you would like to continue the chats and join a group of like-minded souls on their own spiritual journey please request to join the intuitive rising community over on facebook all are welcome If you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating. If you'd like to connect with me directly, please visit my website at theintuitiverising.com.